This is Daf Kaftet in Masechet Megillah. We are beginning on Daf Kafchet. Amud Bet, the last word of the Amud Tanu Rabbanan, Tafresh. Tanu Rabbanan, Mevatlin Talmud Torah Lahotatamit. We put aside the study of Torah in order to attend to the needs of the dead, to escort a uh, deceased person to their burial, Ulachnasat Hakala and Lavdil, to escort a woman to the Chupa from her father's house to the Chupa, Rashi says, in other words, for a wedding. And they would say about Rabbi Yehuda Barilai that he would always put aside the study of Torah in order to attend to the mitzvah of burying the dead or the mitzvah of celebrating wedding. This was true when there were not enough people for the burial or for the wedding. But if there was enough for the funeral in particular, they, he would not set aside... His learning just to do the mitzvah. What is considered enough? Rav Shmuel Bar Inya Mishmed Rav. Rav Shmuel Bar Inya said the name of Rav. Teresa Alfei Gavrei, twelve thousand people. Vishita Alfei Shipurei, and six thousand shofar blowers. So that's a pretty large funeral. Some say Teresa Alfei Gavrei will be nine. Vishita Alfei Shipurei. Some say that it's twelve thousand, including the six thousand shofar blowers. But either way, it's a lot of people. Ula Mar Kegon dechaitze Gavrei me Avulad Zicha. That uh, there have to be enough people to stretch from the gates of the city to the place, um, to the cemetery. Like the giving of the Torah should be its taking back. There were 600,000 men at, in attendance when the Torah was given. The taking back of the Torah, so to speak, should be with 600,000 people. And that's talking about somebody who studied Torah. Who taught Torah, there's no measurement. And so Tosafot points out that the implication here is that these measurements on the uh, top of the Amud are measurements for the funeral of somebody who's a Talmud Chacham of some caliber and therefore requires so many people. But for an ordinary person who didn't even learn, they just need as many as necessary for a proper funeral. They wouldn't need such large numbers as are recounted here. This is for someone who was a student of Torah or a teacher of Torah. Tanya, it says, Nabrait, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Omer, Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai says, Look how beloved the Jewish people are before Hashem, because everywhere the Jewish people are exiled to, the divine presence is with them. They were, they were exiled to Egypt and the divine presence was with them. Because it says, I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were in Egypt. And of course, the language there of Gala. Um, it's uh, really, it's speaking about the revelation of Hashem to the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, but it also it sounds like Galut, that Hashem was there with them, exiled with them as well. Uh, similarly, when the Jewish people went to Bavel in exile, Hashem was with them. It says, because of you, I was sent to Bavel, meaning it's as it were, as if Hashem was... Um, sent out to the Galut as well. Then it says here, um, and really it should say, uh, but it's censored from our text. And they were exiled to Edom because Edom is the Roman exile, meaning this exile that we're in currently. Uh, they didn't. They sometimes censored it because they didn't want the Christian uh, censors to be offended. But Va'af uh, 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 and, and the Pasuk to support that. So really it should say, when they were exiled by Rome, the Shekhinah was with them, uh, the Pasuk talks about Hashem coming from Edom. Uh, and uh, and the, the note on the side says, 
that uh, that it was it was uh, it was taken out because of the uh, censors that didn't like it because it sounds negative on Christians. But the idea is that Hashem is with us even in this exile. And in the future, when we are going to be ultimately redeemed, the Shechina, the divine presence is coming back with us to Eretz Israel, as it says. It doesn't say veheshiv. It says, "And Hashem, your God, will will return your captivity." It doesn't. It says shav, which sounds like he himself is coming back. Veheshiv lo nemar. It doesn't say he will return you. Elav veshav. Rather, he returns. Milamet shakadosh baruchu shavim ayin. As as it were, that Hashem comes back with us. Mibena galuyot from the exiles. But bebavel. So it says in bavel echa. Where could you find the shechina in bavel? So, Amar Abaye, Bebek Nishtad de Hutzal. One is in the Beit Knesset of Hutzal, Bebek Nishtad de Shafiativ. This was a Beit Knesset that was at one point destroyed and then reestablished. Some people say that, and Rashi says that um, actually it was taken from, uh, that it was built by Yechonia, where they took stones and dirt from Eretz Israel, from, uh, from Eretz Israel in order to build the, this uh, Beit Knesset in Bavel because of the love. To fulfill the pasuk that says that your servants Hashem, your, your servants love your land. They love the the rocks and the earth, and so they built the Bet Hamikdash. Oh, I'm sorry, they built the Bet Knesset, the synagogue, out of rocks and dirt from Eretz Israel. So it's called the Shafiatim from the destroyed and rebuilt, meaning it was taken from the ruins of Israel to be built in Bavel. So in those places, um, so so in in uh, it says Bet Knishta Dehutzal or Bet Knishta Deshavi. That uh, in Nehardea was found in this Beit Knesset, and in uh, and otherwise was found in Hutzal. Not at both places at the same time. Sometimes in the the uh, Beit Knesset of Hutzal in Bavel, and sometimes in Nehardea. Amar Abayabai says, "Titili, I should be rewarded." The key Marchikna Parsa. Anytime I'm within a Parsa of one of these Batei Knesset, I always go in and I pray there because of this great zechut and the specialness of the Shechina dwelling in these Batei Knesset. One time the father of Shmuel and Levi were sitting in the Beit Knesset of the Shaf Viyativ, the one that was built, attributed to Yechon Yahamelech, and, uh, and Atya Shechina, they, the, the Shechina came while they were there. They heard the sound of movement. They got up and they went out. One time Rav Sheshit, on the other hand, was sitting in that same Beit Knesset and the Shechina came. And he didn't go. The, the angels came and they tried to push him out. He said, Hashem, one who is oppressed and one who is not oppressed, who should be pushed away because of whom? So therefore, Amar therefore Hashem told the angels, leave him alone, let him sit there. The point was that uh, Rav Shesha was blind. It was difficult for him to move around, so he didn't want to have to get up and leave the Beit Knesset, even though the Shekhinah was there, and Hashem told the Malachim to stop bothering him. Hashem says that in the exile, will be a small, I will be a small sanctuary for you. This is talking about the synagogues and the houses of study in Babel, that they are like a small Beit HaMikdash for the Jewish people in exile. This is the house of Rav in Babel, which was the, the place that personified Torah and Shechina in the Galut. Darash Rav explained the Pasuk, that it says, Hashem, you were a, an abode for us. Right, what does it mean that Hashem, you are an abode for us, you are a home for us? It says in the Pasuk the, of Tfilah Le Moshe Isha Elohim, Maonata Italano Bedor Vador, 
Um, so it says a little bit about the Knesset Ubatim Midrashot. It means that Hashem provides for us the synagogues and the houses of study where we can connect with Him even in exile. Amar Rabbi Abay said, and it says that it should say uh, uh, it should say Rava uh, instead of Abayayis, or according to some versions. Either way, Meresh Havai Garis Nababeta Umatzlin Mishta. Originally, I used to learn at home. And uh, and pray in the Beit Knesset. But Kevan de Shamit lehadika Mar David Hashem Avdi Mount Beitecha. Once I heard the the pasuk and I understood the pasuk that David Melech said, I love the um, abode of your home. In other words, I love the place that is that is holy um, and has the shechina in it. So he decided from then on. Have I gerusim Beit Knesset? I started studying Torah in the Beit Knesset as well. Tanya Rabbi Elazar Kapar. All of the synagogues and the houses of study in Bavil will eventually be reestablished in Israel. It says it will come like Tavor among the mountains and Carmel by the sea. And this is based on the Midrash that these mountains came to attend the giving of the Torah, even though they were not the mountains chosen for the Torah to be given upon them. But they came to attend the giving of Torah. If we see that these mountains, Tavor and Carmel, which actually were not in Eretz Israel, but are going to be relocated to Eretz Israel in the time of the future redemption because they came to learn Torah, so to speak, at the time of the giving of the Torah. So certainly, the, but the synagogues and the houses of study where Torah is actually learned and spread, certainly they will be reestablished in Eretz Israel. explained a why are you looking askance, O oh, uh, mountains that are gavnunim? The, the Gemara will explain what it means, gavnunim, in a second. So tiratzdun means, why do you want judgment? Why do you want to fight in Sinai with Har Sinai? You are all deficient. And, um, and blemished relative to Arsenai. In other words, Hashem is saying to the other mountains, you are Gavnunim, means you are blemished mountains. Gavnunim, when it's listing the types of uh, defects and blemishes that disqualify Kohen for serving, one of them is a Giben. The idea is that you are Gavnunim, you are defective uh, relative to Arsenai, because you are ha- very high and therefore very haughty, and Arsenai was low and therefore modest. Hi, man You see from this that someone who's arrogant, it's considered a defect, it's considered a blemish. We cannot make the Bet Knesset a Kapandaria. My Kapandaria, Amarava. Kapandaria Kishma. It's what exactly what it means, exactly what the word means. Kapandaria. So, my Kishma, what does it mean? We still don't understand. Kimanda Amar Ademakifna Adare. A person says, instead of going all the way around the rows, I will go straight through. In other words, he decides instead of going around the rows of houses, he's going to cut straight through. It's called a shortcut. Don't make the synagogue a shortcut. That's the that's the basic concept. said, If there was already a shortcut there, and then they put a synagogue there, so then you can continue using the original shortcut. Even if you went, if you went into the synagogue in order to pray or study or do something else, some other mitzvah, and now you want to leave, uh, meaning instead of going back the way you came, you want to go through. Uh, let's say there's an east and a west uh, entrance of the Beit Knesset. You came in on the west side. You di- you prayed in the Beit Knesset. You can leave on the east side. You don't have to say you cut through, therefore you're using it as a shortcut. You didn't use it. You didn't come in to use it as a shortcut. You're, you're allowed to go out the other direction once you're finished. And then we have in parentheses from the Gra. It says mutar. And some say mitzvah. The Gra has a version of mitzvah lasot. Uh, 
uh, because it says in the Pasuk, when it's describing the Beta Mikdash, and uh, when it's speaking in Yechezkel, it says when the people would come on the holidays, somebody somebody who comes in the north way should leave the south way. Right? In other words, that was the way was... Uh, uh, that was the way that it was done lechatchila. So according to our version, it's mutar. It's allowed to do it that way. According to the God, it's even a mitzvah to do it that way because you see that that's what they did in the Beit Hamikdash. You went opposite the way that you came in. You left opposite the way you came in. We said that if there's a ruin of a synagogue and grass starts to grow, we don't tear it out because we want people to see it and feel bad and pray for the for that uh, synagogue to be restored and be inspired to do that. So it says, but it says, it says you shouldn't pull out the grass and feed it to your animals. But you could pull it out and leave it there. That's exactly what our Mishnah meant. It means that you're not supposed to pull it out and feed it to animals, but if you want to leave it there, it's okay. In a cemetery, we don't act with frivolity. We don't bring our animals to graze there. We don't have a water... Um, channel pass through there. We don't gather grass in the cemetery. And if somebody did such a thing that they gathered grass, it should be burnt right there because of the honor of the dead. Ah, yeah. What do you mean because of the honor of the dead? What are you talking about? Right. What kind of honor to the dead is it to burn the grass right there? You're not showing anything. Nobody's there. Nobody's going to see it. What do you mean it's honor to the dead? Ella. That point of that is because of Kvod Metim is talking about the beginning of the Brighton. In other words, all the halachot that we have of how we treat a cemetery are based upon honor of the dead, not particularly the last one that talked about burning. That's because you shouldn't benefit from the gathering of the grass that you did in the cemetery. The Mishnah says, now we get on to a topic of Arba Parashiot. There are four Parashiot that are right. We're coming up to it very soon. Starting from the beginning of Hadar up to Nisan, they relate to <coughs> timely matters, extra Parashiot that we add to the to our reading. So we have Parashat Shkalim, we have Parashat Para, we have Parashat Zachor, we have Parashat HaChodesh. So the Mishnah says, Rosh Chodesh Adar Shechaliot B'Shabbat. If Rosh Chodesh Adar falls on Shabbat, Korim Parashat Shkalim. Then we read Parashat Shkalim on that Shabbat. Chaliot B'Tocha Shabbat. If it falls on the middle of the week, Magdim in the Shavar, we go to the previous Shabbat. Umafzikin the Shabbat Tachet. Since normally you're supposed to have Parashat Shkalim. And then after Parashat Shkalim, you're supposed to have Parashat Zachor. But if you went backwards, because Rosh Chodesh Adar was too early. Well, I'm sorry, was in the middle of the week. So you went and you read the sh- previous Shabbat, the Shabbat before Rosh Chodesh. So there's too much time now between Parashat Zachor and what would be, um, what would be the, uh, would be Purim. So therefore we, we have an extra Shabbat in there where we don't have a special reading. Second Shabbat, special Shabbat is Parashat Zachor, which talks about remembering Amalek and is related to Purim. Third one is Parashat Duma, which talks about purification from Tum'ah. With, from dead bodies, which is necessary as we're leading up to Pesach, so people will be pure in time for the Korban Pesach and Baraviit. On the set, on the fourth, Hachodesh Alechem. That's Hachodesh Alechem. Parashat Hachodesh to remind people to get ready for Pesach. Wachamishit Chosin Kesidran. When you come to the fifth Shabbat, you go back to the normal scheduled program. The Kol Mafzikin BeRashi Chodeshim, BeChanukah BePurim, Taniyot BeMavadot BeYom Kippurim. All of these days, we interrupt the regular Torah reading for a special Torah reading on Rosh Chodesh. Even if it falls out on a Monday or Thursday, we read, of course, the um, we read Rosh Chodesh. If Chanukah falls out on a Monday or Thursday. Purim, of course, Betaniot, the fast days, Mamadot, what is the gathering of Jews who are representing Am Yisrael at the Korbanot and praying for the acceptance of the Korbanot, as we've learned many times before. And then finally, Biyom Kippurim, 
um, on Yom Kippur, if it fall, that, and Tosfot says that this must be talking about Yom Kippurim at Mincha, because all holidays push off, if they fall on Shabbat, push off the Torah reading of that Shabbat. So why mention Yom Kippur only? Because Yom Kippur has an afternoon reading, so even if Yom Kippur falls on Shabbat, and there would normally be a regular reading at that time, we like there is when a Yom Tov falls on Shabbat, then we have in the afternoon the Shabbat reading of the afternoon, because there's no Shabbat read, there's no Yom Tov reading for the afternoon, so we have the Shabbat reading for the afternoon, but when it's Yom Kippur, we have a Yom Kippur reading of the afternoon that pushes off the Shabbat one. Tanan we learned over there. Starting from the first of Adar, we start reminding people to bring their machatzit shekel for the year. We also remind people about kilaim, the concern of kilaim to uproot anything that might be intermingling, mingling of diverse seeds in the same field. We understand why we have to let people know about kilaim, about mixed seeds, because it's a time of planting. But where do we get the idea that starting on the first of Adar, we have to mention Machatzit HaShekel? Rabbi Tavi said in the name of Rabbi Yoshea, that Mark Rabbi, because the, 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 uh, uh, and we're going to see this statement of Rabbi Tavi in the name of Rabbi Yoshea several times, that Mark Rabbi, because the Pasuk says, that this is the offering of each month in its, in its month. Amra Torah, that Chodesh B'Chodesh, it's referring really to the Minisan by Yaakov Mitzvah Chadasha. Kadminan V'Karin V'Chad Badar Kechei Delitu Shkalim the Mikdash. Right. So the idea is that that uh, when it says Zot Olat Chodesh B'Chodesh, it means that every year on the first month, which is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we have to start with a new batch of Shkalim. We start with it. We don't use the old money anymore. We start with the newly donated money. And that's what it means, Chadesh Vavi, um, renew and bring a Korban from the new, uh, from the new uh, money. And since by Nisan, we have to have the money already to start bringing the Korbanot from the new money. So we have to start collecting by Adar uh, Keman, who is the who is this opinion reflect? Obviously not Rabban Shimon Gamliel. Di Rabban Shimon Gamliel. Generally, Rabban Shimon Gamliel says you need only two weeks ahead of time for something. The Tana we learned in the Bible, the Shulin Bilchot Pesach, Kol Pesach Shloshim. The Rabbis say that you have to start um, studying the laws of Pesach thirty days before Pesach. Rabban Shimon Gamliel Omer Shtei Shabbatot. According to Rabban Shimon Gamliel, only two weeks is enough, right? So so to here you should only need two weeks for people to bring the Shkalim. But Afilu Tema Rabban Shimon Gamliel over here even. He would agree because Kevan Damar more because the master said Bchamishasa or Bshulchanot Shulchanot Yoshevin b'Medina or Bekafe Yoshevin b'Mikdash Shum Shul Right. So the the point is that since we start collect, we start setting up tables where we receive the Machatzit Shekel from the fifteenth of Adar. So uh, and on the twenty fifth of Adar, we already are uh, we have them sitting at the Bet Hamikdash. So Mishum Shulchanot Kadmin and Since they're going to start actually actually doing the collecting. In other words, it's true that the deadline for using the new money is the end is the first of. And therefore, we have to be sure that the money is collected by then. So you could say you're, you're giving a month ahead of time, but it's not really true because you, since the collection, the physical collection begins on the fifteenth, so two weeks before that is going to be Rosh Chodesh Adar. So even Rabban Shabbat Gamliel is going to agree that Rosh Chodesh Adar is when we begin collecting the Machatzit Hashekel. Now the question is. My Parashat Shkalim. What is this Parashat Shkalim that we read on Rosh Chodesh Adar when it falls on Shabbat? Or on the Shabbat prior to Rosh Chodesh Adar? Rav, Amaratzav Bnei Yisrael, Ve'amataleim et Korbani Lachmi. According to Rav, it is the, the, actually the reading of Rosh Chodesh, which is, Tzavet Bnei Yisrael, command Bnei Yisrael and tell them to bring my daily Korban, because that daily Korban has to be brought from the money of the Machatzit HaShekel. That needs to be collected. Shmuel says, no, Kitisa, because that's where it actually talks about bringing a Machatzit HaShekel. 
Parashat Kitisa. We understand why somebody would think it was Parashat Kitisa because it actually mentions Shkalim. So it's called Parashat Shkalim. But according to the one who says, no, that we read about the Korban Tamid, the daily Korban, what does it mention Shkalim over there? It doesn't mention anything about Shkalim. Why would we call it Parashat Shkalim? It should be called Parashat Korbanot. It says, Tamam. So it says, Tamam. What's the reasoning? Like Rabbi Tavi said in the name of Rabbi Yoshia, which is that in that uh, section of the Torah that talks about bringing the daily and the Rosh Chodesh um, Korbanot, it mentions the idea of Chodesh that it has to be Zot Olat Chodesh Bechodesh, which means in, there has to be a renewal of the money in the beginning of Nisan. So it's it's really hinted at in the Sukim. So it says Bishlam Alemanda Amar Tavet Bnei Yisrael Mishum Dechtivei Korbanot. Now uh, we can flip it around and say, look, we can understand why you would call that parashat shkalim because at least it, at least the parashat rosh chodesh and of the of the daily korban is talking about korbanot, which is what the machatzit shekel goes to, to right? Um, so we can we can get that, right? Because uh, um, uh, it fits and it makes sense, right? Because we said hatam kedur rabbi tavi. Right, so it's got dechtiva korbanot atam kedavitavim because it talks about the korbanot there, and it makes a reference to shkalim that you need to. It hints to the idea that you have to renew the offering by having new money. But what if you're going to say kitisa is the parashat shkalim? It's not talking about the money collected for korbanot. Shkalim laadanim kitive. That's talking about the 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 um, whatever was collected, the shkalim that were collected to make the ba- the um, bolts for the construction of the mishkan. So why would we mention that to remind people to bring machatzit shekel? It's a different machatzit shekel. The answer is because the Yosef There's actually three donations mentioned there. Shel There's a reference there to the money that's going towards the korbanot, the mizbeach. There's a reference to the money that's going towards the bolts for the construction of the mishkan, and there's also a reference to bedekabayit to the upkeep of the bet hamikdash in general. Now we understand. Shmuel's view that what is the reading of Parashat Shkalim? It's the reading of Parashat Kitisa. So there's a difference between a Rosh Chodesh Adaro that falls on Shabbat and every other Rosh Chodesh that falls on Shabbat because you're reading a different thing. You're reading Kitisa instead of reading Tzavet Neisel. El Hamanda Mar Tzavet Korbani Lachmi. But according to the one who says no, that you're basically reading the same thing you read in every Rosh Chodesh. So my Shanei, what's the difference between the Rosh Chodesh Adaro and every other Rosh Chodesh? Because you're reading the same thing. So it says no Shanei de Ilu Rosh Chodeshim Karushita Beinyanat Diomav Achad Bedosh Chodesh. No, the answer is that you would that on any other Shabbat that Rosh Chodesh falls in, you read, you have six people read the regular parasha and one person reads the part of Rosh Chodesh. Whereas here we're going to say that no, six people should read the, um, the everybody should read the parasha of Rosh Chodesh. That's the chidush that it's Rosh Shkalim that it takes over the parasha altogether. That's what the difference between Rosh Chodesh Adar falling on Shabbat and every other Rosh Chodesh that falls on Shabbat is that here the Rosh Chodeshness takes over the whole day because of the imperative of telling everybody about Shkalim. Now, that makes sense according to the view that says that that when our Mishnah talks about all of these special parashiyot, it actually means that you don't read the regular Torah reading. You only read parashat 
Shkalim, Parashat Parah. You only read that. And then when it says you go back to the regular scheduled Parashat, it means you go back to the regular Parashat But according to them, it says that no, then actually you always read the regular Parashat. And these, Parashat Shkalim, Zachor, Parah, Hachodesh, they're all additional. They're the Maftir, they're additional. What changes is the Haftarot. We go back to the regular order of Haftarot. Right? So then that means what? But actually, we do read the regular parasha. So, so then you're, again, the question is, what if you're telling me that the reading for, for Rosh Chodesh Adar, for Parashat Shkalim, is just basically the Rosh Chodesh reading, so then how does it differ from any other Rosh Chodesh? So then you're going to have to say that we, we read the regular parasha too. So how does it do any different than Rosh Chodesh, where we read the regular parasha and then we read the Rosh Chodesh part? It's different because on a regular Rosh Chodesh, we have six people read from the Torah of the regular parasha, and then the last person reads Rosh Chodesh. But on this Shabbat, what we would have is, we would have the first three people read from the regular Torah reading, and then the last four all read from the Rosh Chodesh one. So it would be like a whole Rosh Chodesh reading, um, three readings from the, three aliyot from the regular parasha, and then four from the Rosh Chodesh. And that's why it would be different than a regular Rosh Chodesh, because on a regular Rosh Chodesh, it falls on Shabbat, you have only one person read the part of Rosh Chodesh at the end. You don't have four Olim reading about Rosh Chodesh. Made the way there is an objection. Rosh Chodesh, Adar Shechaliyot, B'Shabbat, Kulim, Parashat Shkalim, Vaftim, Biyoyada. That it says that when Rosh Chodesh Adar falls on Shabbat, we read Parashat Shkalim, and we have the Haftarab, Yehoyada Kohen, who is collecting the Machatzit Shekel. So, Bishlam, Alaman, Dabar, Kitisa. It makes sense, according to the one who says that Parashat, that the Parashat Shkalim is Kitisa. Because I know the Maftim will be Yehoyada Kohen. Did the Mele? That's similar. In other words, that makes sense that you would have Yehoda, Yehoyada, and his, um, upkeep and renovations of the Bet HaMikdash that he did in collecting the money because it, connect, it connects perfectly to our parasha. It would make perfect sense for that to be the uh, the parasha because the Haftarah then would match it perfectly. Right? So the because it says it says that a person has to bring the money of the um of the value of the soul. In other words, they asked, it has to, everyone had to bring the money. The Machatzit shekel. it's talking about there. Right? So, uh, the, the, that's the case of Nafshot Ko. So that makes perfect sense. It fits with Kitisa. But but if you're going to tell me that really all Parashat Shkalim is, is, is reading the Rosh Chodesh reading and really basically you're reading about the daily Korban, so so what's the connection to the Haftarah? The, the Haftarah is talking about collecting Machatzit Shekel and Parashat Rosh Chodesh is talking about Korbanot. He says, no, again, Rabbi Tavi said in the name of Yoshia, that there is a connection because Rosh Chodesh reading makes a reference to the idea of the renewal of the funds for the Korbanot each year and that is what we're referring to when we read it. an objection. If Parashat the Shkalim falls out on the parasha that it's right before it or right after it, you have to read it and you have to repeat it. Now the question is, what is it talking about? What kind of situation would this be? It makes sense if you say that really Parashat Shkalim is Kitisa. So, so it's possible that actually the Parashat Shavua will be the parasha right before Kitisa, uh, because, which is Titzaveh, because since we are in that time of year, it makes sense that you would have Parashat Kitzaveh, Parashat Titzaveh, <clears throat> on the same as Parashat Shkalim. So that would be that the uh, Parashat is right before. Or it could be that the Parashat right after, Vayakil, you're on Parashat Vayakil, and it's Ki Tisa is the, um, is the Parashat Shkalim. So that would be 
it being before it or it being after it. In other words, it might be the, the parashat that you're reading is the parashat HaShavua is right next to parashat HaShkalim. But if you're going to say, but if you're going to say that it's really reading the, uh, the uh, reading of a uh, regular Rosh Chodesh, which is actually found all the way towards the end of the book of Bamidbar, nowhere near where we're reading during the time of Adar. So it could never happen that at that time of year you're going to be reading those parashiot. So it says, no, in Libne Marava, it could work, it could happen to those who live in Israel, because they finished the Tawana triennial cycle every three years, and therefore they might have been up to Kitisa, I mean, sorry, they might have been up to Parashat uh, Pinchas at the time when they were, where they were reading Parashat Shkalim. Tanya Tekevate Di Shmuel, there's a party that supports Shmuel, Rosh Chodesh Adar Shkaliot, Shabbat says, if Rosh Chodesh Adar falls on Shabbat, Kohen Kitisa, Uftim Biyogadar Kohen, says we read the beginning of Parashat Kitisa, and we have a Haftarah about Yehoyada, Kohen collecting the money and uh, renovating the Beit HaMikdash. So you see from that, that Parashat Shkalim is in fact the beginning of Parashat Kitisa. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, Rosh Chodesh Adar Shkaliot, Shabbat Motin Shalosh Torot, if Rosh Chodesh Adar falls out on Shabbat, you need to take up three Sifrei Torah, and because, Kohen, Ba'en, Echad Ben Yinosh Al one you read Parashat HaShavuah V'echad B'Shel Rosh Chodesh One you read of Rosh Chodesh V'echad B'Chitisa And one of them you read Parashat Shkalim V'am Rabbi Yitzchak Nafchah Rosh Chodesh Tevet Shchaliot B'Shabbat Again if Rosh Chodesh Tevet falls out on Shabbat, you have again three things because you mevin shelosh torot v'koyin b'hen echad din yenosh liyom. One you read the daily, par- the weekly parasha v'echad be Rosh Chodesh. One you read Rosh Chodesh v'echad b'chanuka. It's also Chanuka then if it's Rosh Chodesh Tevet. So you read uh, out of the third sefer Torah. Utzichan, you need both of these cases. Did mar because if you only had one b'ha ka'am Rabbi Yitzchak aval b'hana b'hach. In other words, you might have thought by Chanukah, yes, he holds it. You need to have three Sifrei Tua. But maybe when it comes to Parashat Shkalim, you don't need three Sifrei Tua. He might hold like Rav, who says that basically Parashat Shkalim is the parasha of Rosh Chodesh. So there's no need for a third Sefer Torah according to that. That's why we had to mention that he says you need a third Sefer Torah because it's in a totally different place than the Rosh Chodesh reading. Maybe we could say uh, one of them and we wouldn't need the other one. Just mention the one about Parashat Shkalim. We'll figure out the other one. You're right. You're right. He only really said the one about Parashat Shkalim and we inferred from that how one would conduct oneself on Chanukah when Rosh Chodesh of Chanukah that falls on Shabbat as well. Only one of those statements was actually made. Itmar stated, Rosh Chodesh Tevet Shechal Liot Bechol, if Rosh Chodesh Tevet falls out on a weekday, so Amar B'Yitzchak Kerut, Lata B'Rosh Chodesh Bechad B'Chanukah. You should have the first three readers read the Rosh Chodesh Parashah, and the fourth read Chanukah, so there's four Aliot because it's Rosh Chodesh. Ravdimi Dimin Chefa, Ravdimi from Chefa said, Kerut, Lata B'Chanukah, Bechad B'Rosh Chodesh, no, the opposite, have the first three read Chanukah, and the last one read Rosh Chodesh. Amar Mani. It makes more sense like Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha that what you should do is have the first three uh, uh, people um, read the uh, uh, read the uh, Rosh Chodesh and the last person read Chanukah. But that's what it makes sense. Because normally we say that the more frequent thing comes before the less frequent. And obviously Rosh Chodesh, which happens 12 times a year, is more frequent than Chanukah. No, I think it makes more sense according to Rav Dimi. Why? Because Really, why do you have four aliyot? Only because it's Rosh Chodesh. On a regular day of Chanukah, you have only three. So the fact that you have a fourth aliyah is because of Rosh Chodesh. So it should be the Rosh Chodesh aliyah. You should read the fourth aliyah should be Rosh Chodesh. So true that... You you might make the argument that the more common thing is Rosh Chodesh and it should come first. But the fact is you wouldn't even have a fourth aliyah if it were not Rosh Chodesh. So maybe the, the fourth aliyah should be of Rosh Chodesh and not of Chanukah. Um, so the, what's the bottom line? Rav Yosef Amar, Ein Mashkichin Rosh Chodesh. 
According to Yosef, ignore Rosh Chodesh, put it last. For Rabbah, Mar, and Mashkichin, Bechanuka. And Rabbah says, no, don't pay attention to Chanuka. And Chita, and Mashkichin, Bechanuka. I think it should say, Kol Ikar. What does it actually say here, according to the Bach? And Mashkichin, Bechanuka, Kol Ikar. Right? We take out the word Rosh Chodesh. Meaning to say that, it, that when Rosh Chodesh Tevet falls on a weekday, we read Rosh Chodesh first and we read Chanuka last. And that's what it means. We don't pay attention to Chanuka, meaning we place it last on the list.